Good morning. It's a cold, sunny, crisp Thursday morning here in Kansas City. Yesterday was my first full week of podcast. My topics have been pretty intense and maybe a little controversial, but for the most part, feedback has been very positive and I'm grateful for that. Today, I wanted to take it down a notch and do something with a little different tone. As I've mentioned before, I've had a blog for 10 years. I was looking at my stats recently and noticed that worldwide, one post gets more attention and views than any other. It's called Spotting the Difference Between Truth and Sincerity. I wanted to rework it a little for today's podcast. Tomorrow, hopefully, I'll do the podcast on transgender issues. But for today, I wanted to, you know, just take it down a bit, share a piece that's more reflective than provocative. I'll put a link to my blog in the description for this podcast, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for the vlog, my video log, on the YouTube channel, Truth Matters, Terry McCarthy. I'll be sharing a story tomorrow about an incredible experience I had several years ago outside the home of Corey Ten Boom in Harlem, Holland. So, let's begin today's podcast. Welcome to Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. Kathleen Norse is a writer that takes you on a journey. She doesn't have to use the traditional template of beginning, middle, and end like you learn in Comp 101. In fact, often the end of her books are really just the beginning, at least for me. As she leads the reader on a road, occasionally she pulls off to the side for one of those scenic lookouts. You know the ones like in the Smoky Mountains where you can see other states or here in our neck of the woods where Lewis and Clark did something or other. Norse uses these scenic pullouts to tell the reader a thing of significance, but something she felt didn't really relate to her main thesis. Interestingly, I've learned as much about life and gotten as much wisdom from those scenic pullouts than I have from some of her book's central themes. She's a brilliant writer, and oftentimes her insights are a little too heady for me, and I have to sit and ponder an idea. I have to look at it again, reread it in hopes of digesting the message, whatever the moral or lesson was to her story. Recently, in one of Norse's scenic turnouts, there's this mind-blowing statement. She's she's referencing Henry de Labac, a Jesuit priest from the 20th century. This is the quote, It's not sincerity. It is truth which frees us because it transforms us. It tears us away from our inmost slavery. To seek sincerity above all things is perhaps at its root not to want to be transformed. Norris explains that followers of Christ must be adept at spotting the difference between truth and sincerity. And she never speaks of it again. She goes on and writes about 150 pages, finishes the book, and she never mentions the topic again. But this scenic turnout truly caught my attention, and I grappled with it for days. In our postmodern, deconstructive culture, the world in which we live, I think people do value sincerity more than truth. In fact, for most people in our culture today, Sincerity is the highest value you can hold. That's why people like Oprah Winfrey and Ellen DeGeneres are so popular among Christians. These ladies are nothing 
if they're not sincere. Sincerity is one of the ways that we as a culture embrace pluralism. For example, he can believe what he wants and I can believe what I want and it's all good as long as we both truly believe. Or one of my favorites, well, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. But my question is, I think there's only one truth. People can be sincerely wrong and very adamant about the non-truths they believe. Well, you know, even Christians. Look at the Crusades, not one of our best sincere moments in Christian history. Or that sincere guy that shot and killed an abortion doctor right here in Kansas. Without a doubt, we as followers of Christ can also be very sincerely wrong. So how do we determine what is truth and what is not? How do we become good at spotting the difference between truth and sincerity, as Norse has said? Not just in others' lives, but in our own lives. It's tough. No doubt about it. Look at the Gospels, for example. Four writers, three of them actual eyewitnesses. And though the basic premises are the same, some of the details are very different. Two men at the tomb, one man at the tomb, or were they angels? Jesus not at the tomb, Jesus was at the tomb. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of Jesus, they were at the tomb. Or was it Mary there alone? Matthew says Judas hung himself. Acts says Judas died because his bowels fell out. Daryl and I often say that we were on different vacations together. We have gone on the exact same trip and had two very polarized experiences. Did we go on the same trip together? Absolutely. Did we go to the exact same place? Yes. Do we remember it differently? Without a doubt, we do. So how can we know truth? How do we differentiate between perspectives and truth? Because in order to differentiate between sincerity and truth, we kind of got to know what truth really is. Well, for one thing, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, but what does that mean to me in regard to relationships, disagreements, political differences, differing opinions about doctrine and the do's and don'ts of the Christian faith. How does that help me find truth in complex situations? And let me do my own scenic turnout here. Truth isn't as simple as asking, well, what would Jesus do? I've heard preach recently, that's not a reasonable question. The better question is, what would Jesus have me do? One pastor says, We can't always know what Jesus would do. For example, Jesus never shoveled snow. He was perfect in every way and without sin, so his decisions were perfect. We are not. He also commanded the wind and the waves, and Jesus never confronted an Islamic terrorist trying to fly a jet plane into a building. So we need to ask, Jesus, what would you have me do in this situation, and how can I serve you? In this circumstance. The truth is, in my opinion, most of the time, in most situations, God is affording us the opportunity to know him better, not to just pass some kind of what would Jesus do test. Truth. How do we know it and how do we honor it above sincerity? What I want to wrestle with is how do we as followers of Christ make a conscious effort to discern what is truth 
and what is just feel-good sincerity. What is truth? How do we know what we know? Well, this is a basic epistemological question, isn't it? How do we know what we know, and how do we know what we know is true? And honestly, that question is just way too big for me. But we usually look at facts. Facts are true, but sometimes facts change. Remember when the great thinkers and scientists of the world believed the earth was flat? And Galileo was almost burned at the stake for challenging the fact that the sun revolved around the earth, when in truth it was just the opposite. And what about the atom? Not creation's smallest known substance after all, is it? So facts can change. More information can inform what we know to be true. Eyewitness accounts are sometimes called truth. But it's kind of like those blind guys, all of them touching the elephant and describing a different thing. And eyewitnesses' accounts are influenced by perspectives, like I've already mentioned about the Gospels. And let's face it, people see things differently. Daryl's found some sermons invigorating, and I just wanted to go into a coma. Finding truth is a lot harder than it looks, but it's worth pursuing. Because like Kathleen Norris says, truth transforms us. Truth changes us. I think truth reveals itself daily in small things of living. Like uh, when the grocery store clerk gives me back too much change and I return it to her. Or when I'm reporting an account of how many people were in attendance at a meeting and me not inflating the number so that I look better. Truth is practicing the discipline of being as accurate as we can as often as we can. Truth is also found in scripture. For, for example, God says, God is love and God loves us, each one of us, each one of us in the human race with all of our foibles, warts, flaws and all. I believe, because he said it about himself, that Jesus is the only way to God. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's what Jesus said. He said it and if I believe he is truth, then he is truthful. This is why, as followers of Christ, we have to pursue truth. Truth should drive us to our knees. We should seek God's face and ask, Lord, what is the truth here? What is right and what is wrong in this situation, in this issue, in this divisive topic? What is true? In days when the water of our culture is murky and navigating gets tougher and tougher, We need to be seekers of truth. And that comes through our asking God to reveal himself and his truth in each and every situation, each and every relationship, and how we do business and the whole of how we approach our world. We ask God straight up, God, what is true here and what is false? If we do this, I believe human conflicts among believers will lessen, not go away, but certainly diminish. If we do this, we can stand as followers of Christ for what is true and stand against what is not. Social hot topics of our day like abortion, homosexuality, immigration, health care, and how to respond to Islam. How to know what is the right thing to do with what we've been given. All these things must go through the grid of truth. And by seeking the holder of all truth, we begin to build an intimacy with Christ that moves us from 
sincere followers of Jesus to truth bearers of love. Because let's face it, sincerity will never transform us or the world. Sincerity will not save the world, but truth and truth alone will. Moving moving from just sincerity to sincerity based in truth means seeking God with all of our hearts, souls, minds, and strength to know what is true and right and good, soaking ourselves in God's word so that his truth may wash over us, cleansing us, and helping us bring every thought into captivity, the captivity of his truth. It involves sitting under good preaching that challenges us and exhorts us, and spending time in prayer that transforms our hearts and minds, being open to honest rebukes from people with whom we live in community, being open to change and mid-course corrections if need be. It's desiring God's truth above our own comforts, traditions, and even our own established pet peeves. Truth begins when I invite the Holy Spirit into my life, and I say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. Once we allow God's truth to transform us, then we are better able to be conduits of that truth to transform and change a hurting and dying world, and to do that with the utmost sincerity. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I do so appreciate you joining me. It's an adventure. It's a bit of a challenge, but I hope that it's ministering to you, and I hope that it's encouraging you, and I hope that these simple podcasts done from my kitchen table will help you process the world around you so that you might bring glory to God and honor to Him. Have a great Thursday. I'll see you tomorrow. And remember, this is Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy.